and games. We got everything you want, honey. I mean, we, like, we always like, you know, the uh, other memorable. I mean, that's, you guys have both had, you have both had long chunks of your life that were that were here. I'm, I all, and it's hard. It's harder to say what are some funny stories you remember because I mean, obviously, you guys have that this huge, you know, data bank of things that you <laughs> that you've forgotten. Uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff we can't repeat because people still work here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we yeah we don't we don't talk names. Yeah, names are names are things we don't get into, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean uh, one of the things I, I remember, and, and I know we were both on the jungle at the same time, with the center cushion. You know, it was always the center cushion was for the front load mm-hmm. along with the dock side. Yep. And you would have kids, sometimes even adults, that would hop in, they'd hop over that center cushion, and their momentum would carry them over the rail into, into the water, the water on oh the my other God. side. Oh my goodness! I never thought about that. And yeah. you know, you would have to do everything you could to keep from from cracking up. One of our friends, he does ride designs for amusement parks, and when MGM was starting their amusement park up there, they did a boat yep. ride, and so they were talking to Pat and myself yeah. about it. And Pat mentioned it before I did about doing that. So they changed their boat design to basically a bench seat type system. Mm -hmm. And then on the very back of the boat, it was all elevated like a theater, was where the wheelchairs could go. And that way they could be rolled on, rolled off, and you didn't have the people jumping over and possibly going in the water. So they were elevated to be able to view and and all. Uh, I think that's probably one of the best. Yeah. I mean, there's all... Like I said, you know, yeah. always the things, animation breaking down, something falling out of the trees. Uh, well, one of the I, funny, funny stories that we call on, on Jungle was I was I was I was lead this particular day, and one of the female supervisors, really super super nice. She doesn't work there anymore. I don't, can I mention her name? Yeah. No? yeah. Okay. Her name was Linda German. Yeah. If you're saying nice things about someone, yeah. you can say as much as you L- want. L- Linda German was. Was, was really nice and she was respectful to us along with um, you know, Stan Blank oh, and, yes, and you know, a few others very few supervisors Rory O'Leary was yeah. real good too but anyways uh, Linda was here this particular day with somebody from Tokyo Disneyland because TDL was in the process of being built hmm. and so they wanted to go on the jungle yep. to uh, for, for inspection and to get you know more ideas and whatever and back then they were really pushing counts, 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 counts. Oh, yeah. So Linda comes up and she's and uh, she says, "Save me a couple of seats." So I told the the uh, rear rear loader, I forget who it was, but I said, "Save Linda and, and this guy a couple of seats." Okay. And so they're loading in, loading in, loading in. Put Linda in, put that guy in through the cushions, hit a skip, they take off, and the butt was so packed she wound up sitting on that guy's lap. <laughs> <laughs> And, and actually, I recall who the loaders were now, but they're both still working at the park, so I'm not going to mention their names, <laughs> at least on the microphone. And oh. she she looked as they were pulling into the jungle, and naturally, when that boat got back, we were all, we made sure that we were scarce. We weren't on the dock when they got back. Uh, I, um... <laughs> Needless to say, she, uh, she tracked me down afterwards, oh, yeah. and, oh. and, and and she was she was cool. That she laughed at yeah. it. And Linda was always cool. I mean, you know, I've got long hair. I've always had long hair. She'd walk up, and I was in the break. She'd walk by, and just kind of tug my hair, 
and okay, I'll get my haircut. You know, but Linda was one of the few supervisors who actually um, respected me. I, um, you know, I, one of the things, Wayne, you, you, you know, because you've been a, a supporter of the podcast for a while, um, you know that my difficulty is I forget what stories I've told. Yeah. So I'm sure that there's things that I've repeated at different times mm-hmm. or people who I think should know it. I'm, I think I've told my Michael Jackson Tiki Room story like three times. Yeah. I was reminded by a friend of something that happened um, in, in 04. And he told me this, and I had forgotten this this story, and I saw I'll share it because I'm sure I'll repeat it at some other point. <laughs> so we were going around, and it was it was kind of off season ish, and someone said, "Huh, you know, Bertha's uh, Bertha's looking a little sad today," and we were all like, "Ah, what does that mean?" So we get around the second time, and Bertha's nodding a little bit. Within 20 minutes, Bertha's entire head had fallen, not off. Oh. But had snapped down to the point where her trunk was laying on her stomach. The head was at a 90 degree angle to what it should have been. And so we we did get the, you know, we shut down, did animation, you know, yeah. we got everyone out pretty quickly. But uh, by the time we got around three times, we thought that we were going to see a decapitated elephant in the jungle. And I mean, it was all the way over it. it, it come right off there was a some kind of a pin had sheared loose on it mm. and it looked like she was taking a, a power nap it was you know <laughs> see you were talking about maintenance and all with the park yeah. in the 70s use main street main street the lead would go through at least twice a week and count the lights that were out mm-hmm. the work order was put in and by the following night there was somebody out there replacing yep. light bulbs yeah. and towards the the middle of the 80s uh, well actually probably around 84, 84 yeah. 83, 84 you really started seeing that decline Yeah. Uh, once again it's not you know jumping on his case but it was we need to spend the money other yeah. places people after I had left uh that were in management, uh, I would all of a sudden, you know, get phone calls or talking to them because we would socialize and hear about, all right, well, I'm being offered this amount as a severance package because he was getting rid of a lot of the old time yeah. people that had been around. Um, you're talking about Matterhorn and yeah. Chuck Abbott. Yeah. I would love to have seen Chuck been around with, with him coming around because Chuck was a very stern person, but on the other hand, if you got to know him, if he got to know you, you could be real good friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah Chuck was a good guy. Yeah, and he didn't take anything. I mean, he worked with Walt. Uh, um, when I came down in 93 or 94, I came down from Washington to come to the park, and then I, I was surprised at like there were cracks in the monorail mm-hmm. uh, stanchions. Uh, there was a lot that was unpainted. Um, it really felt to me like, in, uh, all through the '90s, particularly, that there was a lot of maintenance issues. Yeah. They didn't want to uh, spend it, the money but, for it, but it felt like it. I yeah. mean, it's okay if they if they exist if the park doesn't feel like it. You can excuse yeah. a trash can that doesn't close all the way once, but when it sits there for four weeks, then you know, then that's the issue. And I think that's. I think that that's that era that started as they were prepping for the 50th. So like 2000-ish, and then you have 9-11 that happens. 
drops the park's revenues, and they know that they have to do something for the 50th to revitalize the parks and to get tourism back up. And you have DCA sitting you know, relatively empty the first couple yeah. of years. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that they did was they really cleaned up their act. You know, they got it back to that point where the light bulbs were changed every night. They got it back to the point where you had power washing happening every... I mean, all the little things that were cut that were thought to be superfluous, really, they got back to. And, and, and that shows. And, yeah. Because I remember going through orientation all those years ago. They'd always say, you go to other parks, and then you come to Disneyland and see how much cleaner it is. And that's, and that's yeah. always important. You go to other places, exactly that. Yeah, you know, and being a former employee, it's like yeah, you, know, you, you see stuff. Not that, not I, that I'm searching stuff out. Yeah, but it just, just catches your yeah. eye. You know, I the, still, the ordinary person might not see it, but, yeah. but we I still would. pick up trash when I go through the park. I mean, if I see something that's fallen, I still grab it. It's you know yeah. just instinctive. It's that little lean down that we all were, tra- were taught. I don't even think about the fact that I do it now. If I see something on the ground, it just happens. A couple of years ago, my wife and I were walking through the park, and somebody walked up to me and asked me where where something was and I'm back I'm thinking well, do I look like I still work here or what so I naturally <laughs> I, well, naturally I, 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 I yeah I'm, my hair is halfway down my back and so naturally I said yeah it's over I direct him to wherever it was and then and my wife Linda she looks she says yeah it's very good so well, thank you instinct you know yeah and, and going with that I think even as a former employee I think so many of us especially I don't want to word it as older, but the ones that have been here from before, we still take ownership of the park. Yeah, of a sense of pride in our job. Yes. We we grew up here. And and this is what we care about. You know, when I started working here, I became very immersed in in the Disney philosophy and taking care of the guests. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, you always have bad bad days. You always have bad guests. And that's going to happen. but on average, but, it's positive. Yeah, you, yeah. you. Now, when you told me that you're you're not far from from moving here, correct? You come out. Where, where are you moving? It. Where are you moving to? I'm going to Idaho. Going to Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> like so many people that I know. What what part? Uh, up near uh, Coeur d'Alene, Sandpoint, yeah. up in the Panhandle. Yep, I know it extremely well. Have almost. My wife tells me we have just over ten acres. It's more when, than that. But. When uh, when I get back home, I'm from Spokane. Okay. Uh, so when, when, there. when I when I get back up, I think that my travel schedule of my wife is just ridiculous. We have the, the this crazy year of traveling, but I want I'm going to try to get back up with her maybe in the spring and show her you know where I grew up and some of my friends and all that. So we'll we'll get in touch because I, I would love to come up I'll and say hi. Yeah. You leave. Um, it's a gorgeous area, and I'll get oh, yeah. you the the best rest. The the one that. Um, that you have to go to uh, is there's a burger place in Sandpoint, I'm sorry, in Coeur d'Alene, that is uh, 117 years with the same family ownership. And it started out as a, ha- as a hamburger cart. And then they came inside, and there's only 20 seats. They don't serve fries. They serve uh, burger, cheeseburger, double, double burger, double cheeseburger, egg sandwich, pie, and soda. That's all they have on their menu. And it is the single best hamburger I've ever had. It's amazing. Wow. So I'll every, have to combine, compare it to a couple around yeah, here. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's pretty stuff. And they, the funny thing is all their ketchup is spiked with chili powder. <laughs> because during the Depression, people would come in and order a burger and put a, a half a cup yeah. to get their calories. So they started spiking it with, with chili to make it spicy. Hmm. So now it's just kind of an homage to the way they used to do things, but it's a really distinctive flavor for it. So. Wow. Yeah. 
So, do you guys remember uh, Fantasia ice cream? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's one of those things that I'm so sad that that went away in the uh, the early aughts uh, because the whoever they went to dryers or briars or whoever it was wouldn't make it for them or it was too expensive or whatever oh. it was. Well, it's I never ordered but it, it, but I remember. But it's both. It was it was pistachio, cherry, and banana. Yeah. And it was such an unusual combination of flavors. But I mean, that the first time I came when I was nine, I remembered that ice cream. So every time I came back afterwards, I would always have you know a yeah. scoop of Fantasia ice cream because that was yeah. Walt's creation, yeah. and it was such a great you know. And that's one of the unfortunate things, you know. You talk about Carnation, uh, Sunkist, yeah. You know, uh, Carnation ice. Ice cream, which I forget who it is that has that now. Gibson Girls. Uh, yeah, Gibson Girls. Uh, I've never heard of before. Pendleton's. Uh, yeah, Pendleton and Adventureland. When Pendleton, you know, ended up leaving, the only place you could get it was Knott's Berry Farm, and it's gone from there. Yeah. Uh, and I understand change, and, and I appreciate change, but there are some things that you, you really regret. Yeah. Listening to Don, and Don was talking about how he remembers and he thinks of Disneyland back in the early 50s yep. and then when the Matterhorn in 59 and the Monrail and these others that's just add-ons well I don't go quite that extreme yeah, yeah. Well, but, but I think that there is um, I think one of the things that they've gotten better about but it was an Eisner era thing that really spilled over was you stopped I guess late 90s for sure you stopped having stores that were specialized to the level that they had been yeah um, you know you had the villains the villain shop in uh, Fantasyland and I want to say her name was Deborah or Barbara who had been there since it opened older lady she was at the villain shop from the very first day um, but basically you had a store that had all this stuff when the villain thing was not popular and it wasn't trendy to root for the bad guy, you had this one store that that's all they had and you couldn't find that merchandise anywhere else in the park. Now, I don't think that there's any area that you can't buy the same stuff you find everywhere else. You know, maybe some of the stuff in Adventureland's a little unique or this or that, but it still has got a lot of the same same core merchandise. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's one, like like, uh, Wayne said, you know, when you used to have Pendleton and some of those other shops, that was... Exactly specialized. You, you know that's the only spot you can get this particular yeah. item. Yeah, yeah. So that, well, that was kind of neat. And it was, a, and there were you know more outside companies that had spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, the other thing. I mean, obviously, with the the times that you guys were here, Wayne, you know my next question because you've heard the podcast enough times. We always like to, to chat our fun <laughs> stories with celebrities because it's the, the probably the only thing I get emails about. It's it's funny. Four years of doing this, I get very few emails, which surprises me. We have like 1,200 subscribe listeners on iTunes. We're coming up on 400,000 downloads. I hate bragging about that stuff. It's not bragging. But I don't get the emails. You're making a point. I don't get the emails I would expect. I get maybe three or four a year at most. And, you know, we're growing. We're still adding on people. This year has been good. Probably about a 30% gain in listeners. But, um... Yeah, I just am I'm surprised that that's something I, I keep on hearing that that's everyone's favorite part are the these these celebrity Celebrities. stories or just interesting stories from the park. It doesn't have to be a jungle, no, but probably the best one I have or the one I like the best. My wife, I met my wife at Disneyland, and she was working America Sings, and she was at the unload position, 
almost everybody's out. She's checking her theater, and in comes this group of about 30 people through the exit doors. And it's like, who the heck? They come up, and they sit in the first two rows. And she walks up there, and she's talking to this one big husky gentleman and telling him, you guys can't do this and all. He says, well, do you know who's sitting right down here in front and all? She says, it doesn't matter who's sitting in here in front. Well, this is Michael Jackson. You guys, you know, he gets to, and it's like, mm, no, he doesn't. I will not reset my theater. My theater will not move if you guys don't leave. You don't have a tour guide, and because you don't, you can't come in through the back door. And, you know, a couple of Michael's other bodyguards got up, and my wife at the time was a very petite you know, 100, 101, 102 pound young lady. And, you know, here are these guys that are towering over, you know, three, four feet. And they eventually got Michael to get up and they all all walked out because they knew that our managers would come down and, you know, have a fit that the theater didn't go around because of Michael. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, there were countless, you know, stars meeting. And, at least for myself, you didn't call them out. Yeah. You were very discreet mm-hmm. with them when they came in. Especially once you came uh, through the line with everybody else. Yes. Uh, I had quite a few on Space Mountain and other attractions where they walked through the line. And, and you were just, you know, they, they played it cool. Most of them didn't overly disguise themselves. Sure. Um, but it also yeah. wasn't. I mean, up until the you know the '90s, I don't think that it was the same carnival atmosphere with celebrity. But yeah, I think I think celebrity. It's so funny. I can be sitting in an area for an hour and like I can't even hear a bird chirp. The second I turn my microphone on, there's <laughs> something going on. Ah, Murphy, you are a bastard. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's. I think that there's been a change in the nature of celebrity in the last yeah. 20 years. I think they've become entitled as well. Oh yeah, a lot and of some them. Yeah. some people do, and then others who aren't. There's a perception that they're going to be, so everyone treats them like that anyway. Yeah. I mean, I I have I have some friends that are in Hollywood. I have some friends that are fairly, you know, decently named. You know, people who you would recognize. Yeah. They, they don't have an attitude, but if they go somewhere, there's a perception that they have to, or people are treating them in a way that makes them be more reclusive and more yeah. because I think that you know the wall with reality TV the walls between the populace and the entertainers are much thinner and it makes them it makes them have security guards it makes them treat everyone in a different way and then everyone gives them crap about their attitude I had um, as far as celebrities big ones I've had uh, Ringo Starr on my boat oh but that was awesome for uh, you especially oh, being a big huge yeah. Beatle fan yeah um um, Tony Curtis and just when 9 to 5 was coming out I was just getting out of my boat to go on a break and the lead said jump back in I think it was Terry J was the lead at this time to jump back in because Dolly Parton yep. was in so they wanted they didn't want one of the newer people they want so yep. I took Dolly Parton around but as far as um at the height of that at the height yeah, yeah, yeah I remember she had a little night. white her little white cowgirl outfit and little cowgirl boots yep. on but um, she's she's really sweet in person. Yeah, she was very. She's very a very spinous, genuine yeah. person. She's not what the perception uh, yeah. is at all of her. And I think of all the celebrities that I've 
that I've met here at the park, and I'm not I'm not a stargazer by any yeah, means. Yeah, yeah. I think most I think anyone who works at Jungle for a sufficient amount of time, yeah. uh, you know, you get over that really fast. Yeah. I, think, I think the most um, classy. Oh, uh, we're getting. I think the most classy ones I've met has been uh, Tom Hanks. Oh, Hanks, yeah. Hanks. And uh, Michael J. Fox. I think yeah, those two. I think especially Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks was super cool. Well, that's just the steam cleaner. That's okay. okay. <laughs> I think he's steaming some gum off the sidewalk or something. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it's. I mean, there's always always fun interactions. You know, I had this guy come through. I was at, at front load. There was a long delay. Uh, I think they were loading the the wheelchair boat or something. It was a good three minute delay. There's this guy in back of me who I recognize, and I think in my head that he's someone who's a customer of mine at a camera store that I was also working at at the time. And um, I started chatting with him and being very social, and I make a comment, and he, and, and he goes, well, do you know me? And I'm like, well, I thought I did. He's like, well, you know, I, I just uh, came in second on Top Chef last season. I had recognized him because I'd seen him on TV enough that it got into my subconscious, oh, but I couldn't place nice. where it was at. So we both had a good laugh about that. And, and I, was, uh, I was at front load one time. You know, loading and a tour tour guys coming up and so how many how many new groups? She said there's like nine or ten of them, not a few of them. Okay, so I stopped them and uh, while while that boat finished loading and the next boat came, in, I was talking to the tour guide because I kind of knew her, y'all, because you know when they come through the jungle all the time, you get to yeah, know yeah. them. So I was talking to her a little bit and then uh, boat came on, loaded them up and took them off. Next group came up, y'all stopped them and it was a group from England and. Uh, father, an old older gentleman, I'd say in his, you know, with the grandkids, whatever, he said, so did you get his autograph? I said, whose? He said, Henry Winkler's. And I said, oh, was, really? I said, was he just here? And they said, yeah, you just loaded him on the boat in front of us. I didn't know. Uh, and another time I was on Thunder, I was at on Unload, and tour guide comes up with a man and a woman, said, here, here's their back door pass. Put them on. Okay, sure. So I told the group, you know, say, say, say. So talking to him a little bit. Hey, how you doing? No oh, good. And you know, where are you guys from? Oh, we're from Boston. Oh, you're on vacation? They said, yeah, yeah, kind of, sort of. And um, okay, well, you know, you're, you're going to be on the next one. Your next one, blah blah, comes in. Here's your seat. Enjoy your trip. It took off. Turns out it was um, that baseball player who was going for consecutive games in a row. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't junior, Ken. some somebody, somebody junior. Oh, uh, Ken Griffey oh. Jr. No, he's no. no um, um, so yeah, see, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, baseball, but, um, I'm not a big sports ball I remember, follower. I remember now. You remember yeah. the guy? Yeah, he was oh. going for like 2,500 games, 2,600 games in a row. Played for yeah. Boston Red Sox. And everybody out there Sosa. is going to. Everybody out there who's listening right now is probably yelling who this guy is. <laughs> is, and I'm is like, it Sosa? No, he's a white guy. Is that? He's a white guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember. Oh, Cal Ripken Jr. Cal Ripken yeah. Jr. That's the guy. Yes. There we go. That's that's yeah, amazing. And, and, and my my sports ball knowledge doesn't matter which sport. I just, I lump them all together into this category called sports ball. Yeah. And I I know very little. For me, baseball is a place where you go and drink beer and eat hot dogs with your friends. There's something happening in the green area. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Yeah. And and again, all the other people are like, wow, that was such. A, I'm like, and I said, oh, the baseball player. And the yeah, I guess they were here to play the Angels. You know, again, yeah, I'm not a. Yeah, who knows? But it depends. Now, now, when I was on Space Mountain... Now, Gene Simmons gets on your boat, and you're dropping your shit, and it's all, you know... Yeah, and then, like, when I was on Unload, I just, uh, um, Bell, 
um, Phelps on Space Mountain when Kelly Rudy came through, the goalie for the Kings. Yeah, I recognize him, by the way. <laughs> so it all depends on the on the, on your on the sports person. So, yeah. So. And then when Brian May came in also, that was really cool. Yeah, you know, I... Was it, uh, was it Jerry York who was there that day? Jerry or Jeff told me a story about Brian May coming in. Uh, Jeff was... In the park that day, I think. Yeah. This is just after um, Freddie Mercury had passed away. Oh, well, this is much, much, this is much long, earlier. Long time yeah, much. Early, yeah, no, no. I want to say during late '90s, early aughts, he came through again. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think it was Jeff Wheeler was telling me the story about uh, uh, how Jerry was at the dock and was like, "Jerry, you want to turn around? Uh, whatever." And like, you know, oh, yeah, oh. yeah. And he's like ignoring him, and then he finally turns around, and his jaw kind of hits the ground and hits the shipping office floor. And yeah, we're being the fact that back. In the 90s, a lot of us big, huge Kings fans. Kelly Rudy came through. The Kings had just made their like playoff uh, run. And he was there with his daughter who had broken her leg. And when we saw Kelly with her crutches, he was like, tell me those aren't for you. You know, no, that's one for my daughter. And we're like, okay. <laughs> so what you're saying is you were a big fan of both uh, Kings and Queen. Kings and Queen. So, <laughs> gets the entire world. And, well, we can throw in Prince in there and we're set. We got the entire thing. <laughs> Uh, we got the entire trifecta of the royal family, yeah, and it's, it's all good. Um, so yeah, we're I mean we're kind of it's in that range where we got five ten. We can if you guys have anything else like any other people you want to give shout outs to, anyone else you want to tell good stories about. This is the perfect time to you know one of the fun things that I had was the uh, president of was it China. That came in, and all the FBI that were all mm, over it. Yes. It was the president and vice president that yes. came in, and we had to take the Main Street vehicles, had to drive them from area to area throughout the park. And at that same time, they had lithos from the previous night that they had given out at a private party for annual pass holders. And so one of my friends had saved one because of him and his wife for me. Well, he brings it into the park, and he's handing it to me for me to take. And it's like, I can't because they had terminated a uh, security officer that had taken some. And so he goes busting through these security officers, our security officers, and the uh, Secret Service to get to Ron Dominguez and Bob mm-hmm. Galt and Ike Isaacson, who was the head of security, to say, what do you mean this person can't take this poster out, you know, I got it, I gave it to him, and, you know, you're watching all these people, and relatively tall gentleman, 6'3", I think he is, and all these, these employees are standing around watching, and they're all sitting there going, what the heck is, is going on, because... You know, this guy's just barged through, and the Secret Service just know what they've got inside those cases that they're carrying. Yeah, we had to take and all the guns off the, off the boats. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. And they're the and boats. they're they're just standing around like, uh, <laughs> you know, as but <laughs> it was fun times. You know, I I enjoyed coming to work. I looked forward, you know, to coming to work every day. And I say that's your twenty three and a half years. It was kind of time, yeah. And every now and then, I kick myself for for leaving. And I know others. I've, I've seen it posted. They have the uh, the weird Disney dreams. You know, I have I have those every now and then. And, 
I still it's, it's like cool runnings where I'll be in I'll be like you know oh, left turn on the river this is the joke I tell <laughs> yeah bob and weave and tell the jokes in my sleep I, I had this one weird jungle dream a few years ago going through the jungle you know, spewing away and you turn the corner where the uh, belt is and George Park was standing there and like well what's George standing there? and there was a rope hanging there and he'd pull the rope and the belt would open up, exposing like 10 miles of new additional track <laughs> that you have never seen before. And you had to go in and, and spiel. Here's, here's the, and, and George was crossing his arms, just laughing. <laughs> here's the and, and I woke myself up. It's like, oh, God. Glad it was only a dream. I, uh, I was telling you guys before we started recording, I'm just going to mention it again. I really would like to have George on the podcast. So if there is yeah. anyone out there who's listening, who is personally, you know, who you have a relationship with George, Please pass along the information. We would really love to sit down and talk with him. He's. Uh, it would make this year even better with our dons and our not dons. And uh, <laughs> it's okay. Hey, for not dons, you guys were great. I got to tell you, you know, top of the line for not being a don. You know who you might want to try to get is uh, Bo Burnett. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know Barbara. Bo. Bo. Oh, sorry. Bo, 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 Bo Burnett. Bo Burnett. So, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, no, no. Absolutely. Bo's on the list of people and, who were and, trying to. And Bela Biro and Tony Salcido. Yep. Actually, I might be seeing Tony tonight. I think he's coming to our conference tonight. Cool. Yeah, no, pass on my info to anyone who's out there. Yeah. So, so at the end of the days, with 20-plus years of time at the park and all the all the friendships you made and, you know, all the, the experiences you've had, what's your takeaway? What's the thing that sticks with you about the time? Whether it's, you know, when you, when you kind of just go back into your head and you say, this is what the, my time there was all about or this is the thing that I took away from it. That, that made me a better person or made me a different person? What's the thing that, that changed? Well, you know, what was the experience for you? I think I was, like I said, I was just 18, so I was in my formidable youth years. I grew, I grew up here. A bunch of us, we all kind of hired in within two or three years of each other, and we were here 10, 15, 20 years. There's a bunch of us, we all grew up. I, I, I can't say it a different way. And you know, we're still friends or, or Facebook yep. you know, contacts and get together for the reunions and stuff. And there's like, there's like a family. Yeah. I know there's going to be... Everybody kind of watched out for everybody and had each other's back. And I, I know that there's a big 951 reunion planned for this spring. Oh, next, sorry, next spring, 2015. So, but we'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know yeah. what, what I know about that. But I know that we, we did one about a year... Oh, a little over a year ago. It was the last August or September at J.T. Schmidt's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a good good time. Got to meet a whole bunch. We got to meet Chiefy. That was uh, that's an experience. Yeah, lo- lo- like him, he's a great guy. Yeah, yes, yeah, there's a lot of fun working here. Like I said, I, I, even though it was just, and I use the word just as a lack of a better description, but even though it was just an amusement park, I took pride in my work. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I look forward to coming to work. I mean, I, I became a lead as a trainer, as a shop steward, and you know, the whole bit. So I yeah. all the uh, the full circle. Of, and now of you're a rock. Now you're a rocker. And I'm a rocker. I've always been a rocker deep down (laughs) see and that's the same thing for me it's the friendships that developed Uh, some with guests that came into the park uh, when annual passes started Uh, there were some that knew about my daughter being born or or my wife being pregnant and making sure that they came and and talked and found out Uh, then the friendships that have developed Uh, I left the park, I came back leaving and having done that again coming back in and and even though I'm a new person I was treated as a a 
old timer, but yet some of the people, it was like, oh, really? Did you, uh, I'm sure there are people who thought you had never left. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I left rather abruptly, uh, and you know, there's times when I I I regret that I did, uh, but with the job that I started, yeah. It was going to be extremely difficult to try to maintain both. Uh, I had a well, and I, I did taste to, in my mouth. And you know what? I think that I mean, obviously things change. Uh, mm. Even between I was I was I hired in three different times between 2001 2008. Mm. Uh, left for different things, came back. Um, even from that point, things have changed so dramatically in six years. Uh, I was really uh, dismayed to hear that they've dramatically cut back on uh, the number of people who can work over 30 hours and that for the most part um, most cast members are not allowed to work more than 29 now and it's a response to the healthcare things and and I think that it's frankly a load of crap that Disney won't step up and take care of their employees in the way that that they should be taken care of and I I think it's ridiculous that people that I know who've been here 8 to 10 years have, have been phased out of healthcare and I, it's it's for me an issue. I, you know, I've said this from the start. I don't make any any bones about what I say here being just my opinion, and it's not. This is not a soapbox for me to spew my opinions about what's going on. But on this particular topic, I think that it's it is kind of shameful for the way that Disney is treating their their cast members right now. Yeah. I agree because when we started, we had you know your regular temporary, you know, seasonal yeah. employees, then you had your your C's, then you had 20-hour C's, yeah. and 20-hour C's got benefits, yeah, benefits yeah. and then you had your B's and your A's, and if you were a B or an A, you got better benefits, You and yeah. not just in health, but in other things, and you were taken care of mm-hmm. because it was a family, yeah. and unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be that. Yeah, uh, when I've talked to us, it's so much different. And... Yeah, it's rough. Uh, when I left both times, I was a full-time employee, but because of my years of service the second time, I didn't always get the 40 hours. In the old regime, if you were a full-time employee, you got 40 hours. Yeah, guaranteed 40 hours. Uh, yeah. Plus, also, way back when the park was closed, uh, Mondays and Tuesdays. I, mean, I remember getting overtime, yeah. and now it's, you know, you, no one gets overtime unless it's an emergency. Or you're a lead. Yeah. yeah. And and even then, they still they don't want to ask, yeah. ask why, and then if it's justifiable, then it's okay, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough, and I think that it does take people who've been here a long time and who've maybe dropped down their availability. You know, Disney, it used to be a place where if you were a student, you could go to school. Mm-hmm. And anymore, you can't, because they won't work with your schedules. I mean, it's... Uh, things always will change, and I, I hope they come back to a point where the cast members are valued in the way they used to be. Yeah, because I think that's that's what's made the park great, and that's one of the I've spent four years documenting all the cast members that I can meet that have been amazing parts of this machine, and I just hope that at some point they, you know, get back to that because it is such an amazing place to work. It's an amazing place to dream and to have your life unfold in front of you as as a cast member. I, I just hope that they continue to support the people who make the park amazing. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And, you know, going for another hour, two hours, you know, Pat and I both, because we were both shop stewards and all, uh, talking about 
how the park, its operation, the 84 Olympics, and guaranteeing these people that they hired for the summertime hours. And when nobody tried to fight the traffic problems or say, we have solutions, there's buses, we can fly you, we can take trains, we'll get boats, you know, somehow, they got rid of the people. There was no ifs, ands, buts. You came in and all of a sudden you're being given a notice that your employment is terminated in the park then. And that's really the reason the college program came around was because they couldn't get people to come and work. They sent employee, hourly employees out to do recruiting at colleges and high schools yeah. to get people to come. Yeah, so I remember that. Yeah. And that's well, and, when they And you know, together. like you were saying that you were up in Glendale at the time mm-hmm. when you started. You couldn't even, you can't even commute right now from, you Anaheim. know, Anaheim, yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm up in Pasadena and and my wife kind of says, oh, maybe you should go part-time for the summer or whatever. I'm like, I don't want to deal with the, the hour drive each way when there's no traffic. Yeah, because back then it took me about 35, 40 minutes yeah. to just straight out, shot down the five. Now I'm just over in Rio Belinda. It took I, me almost half hour to get here. I, I've got a friend who mentioned to me that he's looking to buy a house in Lake Elsinore and... I would slip my wrist if I was in traffic for that long. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. handle it. Now, I guess Disney actually does um, some bus commuting from Elsinore because yeah, there's so many people who are out there. Yeah. And but the it's, trains. And, yeah, and but all. it just doesn't make any sense to me. I hate being... I mean, I, I won't work any... That's why I, I like the fact that I'm self-employed, uh, although my boss is a jerk. And the <laughs> sexual harassment suit is really coming along because... <laughs> I, he can't keep his hands off of me. It's really embarrassing. My wife asks a lot of questions. Um, as long as there's no hickeys, you're yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Up in the curling herb. So, anyway, guys, I, uh, when I think this has been, we've, we've talked on and off about doing this for a while, and I, yeah. I appreciate yeah. that it's finally the right time for us to, yeah, to kind of chat. Thanks for having us, yeah. Uh, Pat, I, like I said, you're, I had heard your name all the way back from the Chris Lamberth, uh, oh, okay. uh, Grant Pachoco. I'm, uh, I'm catching up on some of the past James Greathouse. It's, it's also funny, and I tell people who maybe have started listening in the last year, if you haven't gone back to the first year, look, I, I'll admit, we didn't know where we were going with it, right, and yeah. there's some of the episodes in the first year are uh, stupid and just, you know, it isn't what... I mean, they're great. I mean, they're still fun for what they are, but it's not. it doesn't reflect where we're at now. But some of those early episodes, like the one with, with uh, Chris and Grant, the one with James Greathouse, there's some really good gems in there, and especially the second season, I think we really found our footing, and I think that there's some really great things that we've done. So I just hope people will go back and listen and keep referring their friends, because it's... I can see us steamrolling to the point where, you know, maybe uh, maybe a thousand people will listen, and that's crazy. The, the 3.5 people? Uh, yes. <laughs> no, I, I still mention it to, to friends and people that I yeah. know that either did or do still work at the park. Yeah. You know, I mentioned to them that, you know, they really well, need to, should. And I'm not, a hist- I'm not a historian. I'm not doing this because I think I know anything about what we're doing. It's just, it is just an oral history and it's just... Storytelling, reminiscing and yeah. getting together, yeah. And there's people, unfortunately, that have passed away that would have been great to be an interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chuck Abbott, yeah. who was on Jungle, was yep. Matterhorn, you know, and... That's where uh, Chuck's bell. And... <laughs> You know, and there's others that have been around that aren't here. You know, people that were here in 55, yep. uh, 56, 57. I, 
I love the history. I love you know. Oh, and I learn I learn things every time I sit down with people. I mean, sitting down with Don Bobs, for example, was yeah. one of yeah. the greatest encyclopedic, you know, memories about the park that I've ever that I've ever heard. So. That's one of the unfortunate things. And I, I, they were talking about still having the rotations. Back then, if you got lucky enough, your rotation broke with another skipper, and you had that opportunity to have some interaction time mm -hmm. yeah. to be able to learn a little yeah. bit. Don didn't tend to go over to Alcapocos and some of the other places like you know yeah. a lot of the others did, where you got that interaction time. So being able to hear more from him. For yeah. me, was was really interesting, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it is at some point. People, you know, if you worked with for a little bit, but you never really deeply interacted with them, uh, it's great to get that depth and to really get to, you know, a, a little bit more of who they are and what was going on. It's a yeah. It's just been a really great um, way of contributing to the history of something we all got to live. It's kind of an audio high school reunion of some of yeah, sorts. Yeah. That you kind of get to catch up with people even, you know, if you never knew them, you, you had that shared experience with. And it does bring back the warm fuzzies sometimes and, and reminds you of the good times, reminds you of things that were important. Mm -hmm. So, guys, uh, much, much appreciated. Now i got to spend the next uh, couple of weeks finding a tagline for this one. <laughs> this is a little harder. The non-bobs. The non-bobs. The non <laughs> You see, all I had to do was ask, or, or, and the universe non-dons. That's it. Well, yeah. The really fun part is, if we would have had twice as many of you, we could have been the four non-dons. <laughs> but that would have been up the stairs. Did I miss? She'll be back. Oh yeah. Courtesy. <laughs> Courtesy. Anyway, guys. So I uh, want to thank you real fast, though, for doing this. Yes. Yep. Uh, yes. Not just with us, but with everybody that you're doing that for people to hear. Yeah. It's it's honestly, you know what? I spend a crap load of my own money between gas and internet hosting and all that, and it's worth every penny to me. Um, because, you know, realistically, I'm not going to get back to working at the park until I'm retired. You know, it's going to be years before I get to a point, and I'm I'm doing great with my own business and. And if people need wedding photography or food photography, let me know. Um, I've never plugged my own business on, on this, but um, yeah, no, I mean it's it is it's been a labor of love because it's it's a place that meant a lot to me, and trying to do it in a way that that doesn't sound egotistical because I've never thought this was about me. Yeah, um, you know, it purely has been about putting something together that in 20 years I can look back and I'm sure that we'll say at some point it's sad this person's no longer with us, but thank God their stories are. And remember, we're going to start that uh, place up on our property in yeah, Idaho. Yeah, the Hippo Lodge. So when you so when you the retire, we'll have the place up yep. there, and fraternal brotherhood skip, of hippos. Skippers can come all the time and reminisce. We'll, we'll, we'll have some good pictures on the walls of people who've come before us and <laughs> come after us. So, all right, everyone, thank you so much. Uh, Wayne, Pat, thank you. It's just been an absolute yeah, thank pleasure. Thank you. It was lots of fun. I wish. Uh, do, do you have a website for the band that people can, if people are Scorpions fans, uh, they can. Uh, right now it's uh, hurricanescorps.com. It's Hurricane with a K. So, and yeah. on Facebook, we're Hurricane Tribute Hurricane. Yeah, it's just nice to because I know that there's there's a lot of children of that generation mm -hmm. who are in yeah. the the jungle family. So uh, it's always nice to plug our yeah, thing. Thanks. So. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks so much. And uh, as always, everyone, Kungaloosh. We will see you in a couple weeks.